Before we get started today, I want to thank everyone who wrote a testimonial for my website. Those of you who wrote testimonials had some really kind and encouraging things to say, and I'm really deeply grateful. As most of you know, I'm doing audio production full-time now, and I'm going to be launching my personal website to promote that business, and I'm collecting testimonials. So if you haven't written me a testimonial yet, I do really need some more. So if you have a couple minutes and you've enjoyed the audio production and my voice on the Messy Studio Podcast for the last few years, please go to MessyStudioPodcast.com and fill out the contact form. Good testimonials are going to be vital to my business taking off. So thank you once again to everyone who's already written one. On with the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about reinventing yourself. Many of us go through times in our lives when we make radical changes, either by choice or because of something imposed on us by circumstances. But even if the big change is something we want to make, Mixed feelings are inevitable and stressful as we let go of the old and step into the new. Big changes challenge the very idea of who we are and how we operate in the world. How can an art practice help us through a time when we either need or want to reinvent ourselves? With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. Uh, Yes, reinvention, whether it's something you're setting up yourself and welcoming or whether it's something that befalls you. (laughs) Yeah, or uh, a combination of the two. Or a combination. It can be really, uh, yeah, very complex. Um, and it, it seems like to me there's there's various times in life when this is likely to come up. Um, and one of them is in older age, uh, as you, you know, you downsize, you move, you, um, you know, and, and some changes that can be really um, hard to deal with. Um, people who have died or you know, all kinds of things can happen that are really tough as you get older. Uh, also, you know, early on, um, you, you're trying to figure out what, what you want to be doing. And, um, you know, I, you and I have both had these experiences where we've decided to make a big change. Uh, you know, you're launching into self-employment in a big way. Um, and we're, you know, here, um, we're planning to make a permanent move to New Mexico. And, you know, uh, sell the house that we've been in for over 40 years. And that yeah. that is really what got me thinking about doing this episode because it, even though it's something, oh yeah, this is a good thing. We need to do this. This is the right thing to do. There are lots of advantages to it, but as practical and positive as it is to do, um, you know, I'm kind of um, going through ups and downs with it, really, as I have, right. have memories or think of things or sometimes just being overwhelmed by the amount of stuff that has to be dealt with back there. Um, well, and it often seems to me to be the case that um, when we know that a big change is coming and that we even after we've kind of committed to it, if we if we encounter resistance and we allow ourselves to to put those things on hold and step away and say, well, maybe at a better time, uh, the universe has a way of 
putting its its uh, foot to our back and making us go forward anyway. And right. It's, uh, that's why I say it's usually a combination of wanting to reinvent yourself and needing to reinvent yourself, because once that those things are in motion, it's it, you can't resist it. And if you try, it's it's going to kick you in the butt. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Making the decision to change if it is a decision and, you know, we're going to acknowledge that many of these things are are not uh, things that you want or things that were decided uh, by you because you wanted to do them. Um uh once it's once it's in process yeah you can't <laughs> sometimes you just want to say oh let me just go back to the old way it was it was easy it was fine everything was good you know <laughs> uh but you you've started the ball rolling and that's kind of um you know where i'm at with this move right now is that um it's it's now that the decision has been made there's all kinds of details and things that are coming up and um, it's it's also bringing up uh, emotions to me that came from childhood when when we moved a lot because of my dad's job as a civil engineer we moved like every couple of years and and so as a child you know this wasn't easy <laughs> to to be constantly moving and and now suddenly this idea of making such a big move out here it's kind of like you know throwing me back to some things that. I thought I left behind in childhood, and a change has a way of doing that. It it because it's so um, it's very challenging, and and it's it's confronting you with um, maybe things you haven't thought about or dealt with for for a long time. Yeah, it forces you to reassess literally everything in your life, uh, especially something like a move um, where you have to go through all this stuff. Yeah, um, and I you know I. I've watched other people make really big moves and from a distance, you know, move to another country or something. And, and you, you know, you're kind of awed by that really like, <laughs> wow. Um, and now, now it's happening here. Um, so that, that, like I said, that's really why I was thinking about the topic. And then I thought, well, there's so many things that bring about these big changes in your life. And, and how does that relate to your artwork and what you're doing in the studio? Um, can your artwork help you, you know, process it, work through it? And what happens when the change is actually uh, keeping you from your studio, which you know some changes do. And you know, it's it's uh, it's change is disruptive, whether you welcome it or not, and it's going to affect your work. And I know, like in the past, we've had some uh, episodes that were about changes in your work that were the result of your ideas, your process, something like that, where it's just kind of uh, within the within the uh, context of the studio and your work. Uh, but here, you know, I kind of wanted to focus on what what about the stuff that's coming at you from the outside, and how does that affect and and. You know, it's also been a topic during the pandemic because obviously that's a thing from the outside that has affected people in various ways. And it kind of seems like now that we're into it for a year, um, it's not we, – we've all adjusted. Many of us have adjusted in some way to to that change. Um, uh, but, you know, there's always other things. And some are related maybe to the pandemic still, of course. We're still dealing with it. Um Right. And I, I think that the pandemic um, really uh, 
just accelerated trends and changes that were already kind of in the works. Um, there was already a movement towards working from home and uh, towards everything being delivered um, and uh, reductions in the amount of travel that people are doing for work. Um, and so I, I think that those are all trends that were accelerated by the pandemic. And there, there are certainly th- other things that we encounter in our daily lives that uh, were never a, a thing before. Um, right, right. You know, yeah. wearing masks everywhere. Right. Um, or having your children at home. Yeah, having your children at home. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of in school and those kind of things. They've been very hard. Um, yeah. And I guess it seems like a... Um, you know, a current topic because we're constantly dealing with with that. Everything surrounding the pandemic does create some degree of change even now. Like we're always getting new information or we're always, you know, oh, maybe we got the vaccine or we're waiting for the vaccine or all those kind of things. Everything still seems in flux. And so that it's kind of against the backdrop of this, all this other change that I started thinking about Um just change in general in your life and and how that right. how that works. Well, and it also does just create this sense of uncertainty about what mm-hmm. what is happening and where things are going. Um, there's so much that happened over the past year that none of us would have ever thought possible. <laughs> and so now, when you're yeah. trying to figure out what do I need to do as life goes on and as I move forward. Um, it's very difficult to predict what is going to be thrown at us next. And it's, it, uh, yep. there's this kind of, I don't know about you, but I, I have like a looming sense of doom where I wonder, okay, what's going to be the next thing and how can I prepare for it? <laughs> yeah, there is a, um, you can go down that road for sure. There's kind of a feeling of, okay, we never expected things to get this bad. So what else can happen? And it's, um, yeah, this is, these are the most uncertain times I think any of us have experienced as as a society as a whole, you know, and, and but then there's all these ah, these individual things that we've we've faced maybe throughout our lives or we're going to be facing um and any kind of change uh creates stress whether it's good change or bad change when you when you look at the you know there's lists of like um uh stress causing situations um, that are used in kind of psychology or assessing people's stress levels. And they all have to do with change, whether it's you know good or bad, whether it's the birth of a baby or the death of a loved one. I mean, they're, anything that shakes you up creates stress. And um, so how can, you know, how can, as a creative person, how do you kind of cope with that? And it's just thinking about some of these kinds of things. I mean, obviously, there are health changes, which is a big one as we age. And a lot of older people have um, have chronic pain. I mean, younger people may as well. Um, but there's a kind of a slowing down, and there's often, you know, some serious illness. And, you know, what does that mean for you as an artist? It's it's tough. You don't have as much energy for your work. Um, and... So you just try to adapt and you, you maybe work fewer hours. I, I find myself working fewer hours in the studio um, because of some pain issues, some arthritis. Um, it's okay. It's like I feel like I get um, a lot done in those 
few hours, but it's certainly not the long hours that I used to put in. Um, and there's sort of a narrowing down or a focusing that can happen when you know that your time is is precious and limited. It uh, reminds me a little bit, actually, of when um, you guys were little and um, I had this window of time, whether you were at daycare or you were off at school, but there was a limited time to work. And you know, you can be very focused when you know <laughs> you don't have eight hours, you have four or three uh, or less. And it's, you know, not necessarily a bad thing, but it is a change um, that people experience. And on its face, you know, it can be really daunting. Um, last week when we talked, uh, I I read stuff that Jim Sherbarth had written Um on the podcast about working in series. But one of the reasons for that uh, series that he was working on was was a health limitation. And, you know, he brilliantly conquered that by, <laughs> by doing this work on his kitchen table. Um, and it's, you know, maybe your work becomes more conceptual. Maybe it has more thought because you've been through um, hard things health-wise or other changes. Um, so, you know, other big changes moving. I mean, I mentioned that one that can affect everything from your ideas, like your source ideas to your workspace. Um, maybe you have more or less commuting time if you move. Um, maybe your studio is now 10 miles away instead of one or something. Right. Um, or maybe it's in your house. Maybe it's in your house. Um, you, you know, you have different social connections when you move, um, Maybe you're leaving old art friends. Maybe you're making new ones, you know. Uh, and moving, you know, often is a choice, but not always. And it's it's very, very time-consuming, which is what is daunting to me right now, thinking of how much time will need to be spent in the next few months just dealing with stuff and dealing with changing a dress and, and all the – just all kinds of details about it. Um, and I suppose – you know, what I'm thinking about as well, um, you know, maybe I'm going to have to say that for a few months, I'm not going to have as much studio time. I'm just not, you know, I'm going to be really busy with stuff. And I think it's okay to sort of know that ahead of time and accept it, block it out. Uh, although it can be difficult if you, if you lose continuity, you know, in what you're doing it can be really hard. So, I'm at least planning to um, keep small work going and and whatnot, and and also using that as a way to uh, process the feelings. I'm going to be talking a little bit more about that in a minute, but just ways to approach your work to process um, that personal stuff. Real quick, it's time for an update on the latest news from Cold Wax Academy. Rebecca and her partner, Jerry McLaughlin, are now well into their second quarter of weekly live sessions for their members, in which they explore three-minute topics in deep, interrelated, and engaging ways. This quarter, those topics are texture, layering, and writing and talking about your work. Weekly sessions include discussion, side presentations, videos, critiques, special guests, and the opportunity to ask questions during the session. 
Cold Wax Academy members have access to all past sessions, which are recorded each week. So if you're hesitating to join mid-quarter, no worries about missing out. There is plenty for you to explore, and you can watch previous sessions on your own schedule. Jerry and Rebecca offer a trial month at the core level for only $29.99. So visit coldwaxacademy.com and click on Memberships for more information. That's coldwaxacademy.com and click on Memberships. All right, let's get back into it. Yeah, a few more changes that people go through. Changes in finance, changes in jobs uh, can make it either easier or harder to spend time in the studio. Uh, losing a job, of course, if it's one that you wanted to have, can be it's one of the biggest stresses there is. Um, uh, if your finances change, you know, maybe you've got a different budget now and maybe you have to uh, scale down. On the other hand, <laughs> It can be odd that increased finances, like any change, can bring about some stress because uh, on some level it may make you a little uneasy. Um, can I trust this income? Can I Do I deserve this income? Is it okay? What do I do with it? What's the best thing to do with it? And it, that sounds uh, a little odd if your stress goes the other way, and that's much more common that people are losing income. But it, it just gets down to change. Like, whatever the change is, whether it's good or bad. Right. Well, and what I've experienced in terms of it's it's really that my income is changing, um, that I'm moving from uh, having a paycheck that comes from somebody else that is reliable to, to, to working for myself and money not necessarily being as reliable. Um, I, I think that my ceiling in terms of how much money I can potentially make is now essentially not there anymore. I, I think that I had hit the limit at my at my day job. I think that right now there's really no limit on how much money I can make. Mm -hmm. But what I'm actually making right now is quite a bit less than what I was making with that additional income. And there's also just a sense of I'm working without a net. It's uh, mm -hmm. I'm I'm on that that trapeze and I'm leaping for the next one and I'm hoping that I make it. And <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a weird place to be. It's it's Yeah, a, I'm 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 out there. I'm in midair and uh, I'm looking down and there's no net. So okay. I got to make it. Yeah, it's this weird um limbo and um you know, I don't know what do you what do you do for for like stress relief in that situation? I mean, what are you working on that just gives you a break uh well i mean i i'm finding uh other passions other things that i'm i'm able to do um that uh that give me a a break while still feeling like i'm doing something mm -hmm. um so i've been i i've mentioned that i've kind of gotten into 3d printing in uh, on the podcast in the past and i've been working with some cad programs and just playing around with like what can i make um, and so that, I'm not sure if that's ever going to amount to anything else. Um, but it, it's something where, um, I personally, I always feel like I need to be building something. I always need to be, um, you know, building a business or building something literally like an object or just having a creative outlet. Yeah. And it, it has been that for me. Um, and so I'm, it's something that I'm passionate about and I'm excited about and, uh, there's there's something very rewarding um, that I'm sure that all artists feel that I know that all artists feel when you take something from a thought bubble to physical reality. And yeah. there's it's a very gratifying feeling. And so I, I'm chasing that 
you know, and, and I, I'm doing my audio production work as well, um, which it does give me that, that sense of, um, the, uh, the, the release of creative energy as well. Um, but it's, uh, doing my audio production work is much more long-term. The mm-hmm. projects that I take on tend to be very large. Um, you know, they, they take hours, days, weeks, months to produce. Um, and, uh, and when I'm, doing something fiddling around with with uh with CAD and then generating a file and printing it it's it's uh it's fairly immediate you know there's this sense of i made this thing and a couple hours ago it was just a thought in my head and yeah. it may just be you know the plunger for my toilet cuz that broke off and but <laughs> hey i didn't have to go to the store you know it, it took 15 minutes on a computer for me to design this thing and and it, nobody else has one that's exactly like it which is kind of cool <laughs> and you know an hour later it's you know i'm putting it onto my toilet and installing it and hey it works so there's that sense of accomplishment that's yeah. very immediate and so that that for me is a stress relief i i think that's uh, you know for whatever it is for you know people uh who are listening to this who are artists whatever it is that uh, you know that idea of i'm I'm in limbo, everything's changing, things are uncertain. To have uh, something that you can produce uh, that's quicker, and this kind of fits in with some other things that we've talked about in the past, and what you're saying there is, I, I created this concrete thing in a limited amount of time. Um, it, it does feel satisfying. and Yeah, and this ties right in with, with the last podcast that we did on on a daily series, and and just completing something every day. It definitely does. And in in fact, one of the things that I've started doing, you know, with my own big change, which is moving, is um, starting another sketchbook that's just about, um, about moving, really, about the house in Wisconsin and the place here. And just whatever comes to my head, just... It might be words, it might be a little drawing, something, but it feels like a way of just like maybe once a day giving a few minutes thought to this um, to this big change. And I feel like this is a good practice for, um, for any kind of change that you're going through. And the point being really that it is not, it is more like a journal than anything uh, that I would show someone or um share even it's it's very personal and in the way that you know if you keep a journal or diary that that it's you can do whatever you want it's it's for you but it's getting it's processing it's getting things out and i feel like i've just started it but i can feel that it's going to be valuable and it's another reason i wanted to talk about this topic uh these kind of practices that can you know, help you get through a, a time of change, like starting with saying, hey, this is kind of a weird time. This is a rough time. Have I really looked at the fact that I need to stay in touch with my art practice or consciously put it aside, but but sort of address it rather than uh, so often things just overwhelm us and we don't really step back and say, what's going on here? Or we say, well, um, I'm going through this thing, and so um, I I can't seem to get anything done in the studio, and I feel sort of distressed about that and anxious about that. And it just sort of, you enter the sort of zone where that's just the way you are for quite a while. 
without really knowing, uh, I don't know, what to do about it. And to me, this kind of shift into maybe a more uh, a conceptual approach to what you're doing, we're really looking at those ideas, really looking at those feelings and um, and letting them take form in your work. And it may be a very different practice than what you normally do. It may be, you know, um, like I was saying about this, a journal or sketchbook, it may be a complete side trip, you know, that you're doing. Uh, more like, I suppose, more like a form of therapy, really, art therapy. And um, just kind of telling yourself stories when you do this, telling yourself, okay, I'm feeling this, so I'm going to draw this line because this expresses how how I'm feeling. Um, it, it, it feels like therapeutic drawing, you know, <laughs> or, or mixed media work or whatever it is you want to do. And I, until recently, I have never done this. I mean, that's, maybe people do this all the time, but I just, it seemed new to me and, and useful um, to work this way. And I think also just like making a choice to do this helps you, helps it feel like you have some sort of a schedule, even when things are a little crazy. Um, even if you're only spending a few minutes at it, it's something, it's like an anchor, you know, that you're going to do. And it connects you to to your art self. And so even if you have to schedule a time or say every morning I'm going to do this, it it's really, um, I don't know. I My own experience with it so far is rather limited, but I'm finding both with the pandemic sketchbook and this other one that I'm working on with um with moving, they they really feel important to me right now, and that I will definitely keep doing them well, and it when you're doing something that just feels right and that you're passionate about, um it even if you don't have a conception of where it's going at the time i think in retrospect you'll find that it's mm-hmm. it's incredibly important the fact that it feels important and that it feels right and yeah. that that's an indication that you're doing the right thing and yeah. there's there's something to our our subconscious mind and our connection with other people and with the universe as a whole um that we we know when things are right and we know when things are wrong and if you do what's what you feel is right 90% of the time, then it's probably going to going to lead to good results, even if you don't really understand why at the time. Yeah. And, and there, there's also in the moment, um, is really important. You know, like you say, you don't know where it's going and in a way it doesn't even matter in that moment, uh, which can be, uh, meditative and, you know, meditation is often recommended for stress, and these kind of really uh, focused times with your work to express feelings about change or whatever it is you're going through. I I look at that as a form of meditation. You you're shutting everything else out, and you're you're forming a connection between um, something you're you're creating and something you're feeling or thinking about, and it's. I think it does relieve stress. I mean, a lot of forms of art do relieve stress, but this particularly, I feel, uh, because there's no stress about, you know, who's going to look at it or will my gallery like it or anything like that. It is completely removed. One of the things I've been doing also is 
using really bad materials that, you know, they're not going to hold up. And like newsprint and, you know, um, Sharpies, I mean, <laughs> that it's it, even by the materials chosen for these particular drawings removes any possibility of them being quote unquote worth anything. And so their worth is to me alone and they do feel worthy. Um, so it's kind of a little mind trick, I suppose, to to uh, set that up as, hey, you know, this is a pile of newsprint that is going, you know, perhaps someday just into the trash. But for now, it just is what it is. And I'm, I'm getting something out of doing it. Um, and I don't plan to show them to anyone. So I don't know. I'm, we're just putting that idea out there because, uh, you know, as we started out talking about this, any kind of change is stressful, but it can be met creatively. I feel like we have, we're creative people and we can have creative solutions to whatever it is that we're dealing with and figuring out what we can do, even though we may be limited in other ways, you know, what we can do, um, is, it's gotta be the focus at least while you're in the studio. I mean, um, a studio should be uplifting if possible. <laughs> Um, it, it, the one other thing I wanted to mention um, is that this isn't really to do with art, but if you are going through stress and change and, and depression or anything like that, there's a whole new field out there of, of online therapy that um, is very accessible. It's, it's not expensive. Um, and because, you know, you were talking before about... Um, uh, the changes that the pandemic has wrought. I have a feeling this is one of them. Uh, it's, you know, usually I suppose done with Zoom calls or some some format like that where you can see the therapist. And um, it seems to be opening a door to short-term um, stress relief to be able to just talk to somebody um, for an hour or two and then that's it. It's not like you go into some big uh, treatment plan, which you may need, as well, but um, I just kind of wanted to throw that out because, in terms of coping with change, sometimes you know you have to also deal with, of course, your other feelings. I mean, uh, your studio life is integrated with the rest of your life, and so to put it aside as something uh, very separate is artificial. Uh, so you have to kind of work on this stuff on all fronts. I feel like, but. Um, if you don't know about that, I just wanted to put that out there because a lot of people are finding it helpful. Yeah, and it is much more accessible than it ever has been before. Um, and it's like like you mentioned, it's probably one of those changes that's been brought about by the pandemic, but was already kind of on that track. Mm -hmm. So there there have been a lot of advances in technology that has made our dealing with stress and dealing with our emotional baggage a whole lot easier. Yeah, and, and I, maybe something about the fact that we're all going th through this universal stress, it's a little more acceptable to say, oh my God, I'm feeling really stressed because most of the people you're going to be saying that to will feel it as well on some level, the the kind of shared anxiety that we're feeling now. And yeah, maybe it's kind of coming out in the open more. Well, do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode? I, I often think about this phrase, nothing is constant but change. 
And is it ever true now so much more than, I don't know, I think I've ever experienced or a lot of people have. It's, that's, that statement just proves itself over and over. And so what I just wanted to do today was talk about, and we, we're talking about when these big changes happen, um, what kind of things can we do to sustain our art practice and how can that art practice help us get through these times by processing the change, um, by giving us an anchor in the studio, um, connecting with that part of ourselves, even if it's only for a short time a day, to say this is, you know, that direct connection with your, with your emotions is something that we can use really creatively. Well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please check out www.messystudiopodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. For more from Rebecca Kroll, please check out www.rebeccacroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at www.coldwaxacademy.com and sign up for the email lists to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. The Messy Studio Podcast is a core publication management production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.